Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. such an honor and privilege to be able to make it finally to uh, to big church. Uh, I'm usually upstairs in, in kids' church, and so it's such an honor to be able to be here um, with you and worshiping alongside you. Uh, if you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Pastor Megan, and I am the children's pastor here at Community Church. And uh, yeah, I actually just had the privilege of being able to go on uh, vacation. Um, they, they finally let me go, right? And I was able to take a week and go with my family uh, up to Manitoulin Island. Uh, and let me tell you, it was an amazing, amazing time. I don't know if you have been to Manitoulin Island or an island of any kind, but uh, they have something there they like to call island time, right? You know, there's, there's not a rush to get anywhere. There's not a rush to, to do anything, no appointments. You just kind of live in an island time, right? And so you see that at the restaurants. There's longer waits. See that on the roads. No one's rushing anywhere. And let me tell you, it, it took me a little bit of time to get used to it. I, uh, I am very used to the hustle and bustle of, uh, of the city and growing up in Burlington. I, I'm very much, uh, you just got to get to where you want to go as quick as you can. And so it takes that time to get used to um, not having that rush. Because we live in such a society that, that's so busy, right? We live in this, um, this crazy, fast-paced world. It reminds me of the story that I heard of this uh, man. He moved to Canada, and he didn't, uh, he didn't know any English. But he started to slowly learn uh, some words and some phrases. And the people around him started getting a little confused. And they were like, what's going on? Because every time they would ask him how he was doing, he would respond, busy, very busy. And they were like, yeah, that's weird. Like, you seem like a really upbeat guy, really chill, like not stressed out at all. Why is he always saying that he's busy? And what they quickly learned was that he wasn't actually trying to say that he was busy. He was just repeating what he heard everyone else say when they asked, like, how you were doing. And so he just thought that was the polite response of how to, how to respond to how are you doing, right? How often, even today, how many people, like, got asked, oh, how are you doing? And your response was, oh, just busy, right? Because we live in such a fast-paced society, right, that we are so busy all the time that we sometimes forget how to rest. We live in such a fast-paced society, sometimes we forget how to slow down and actually rest. So when I was on my vacation, I was trying to relearn how to do this, right? And so the ideas of rest and, um, and slowing down were kind of on my mind. I had been reading this book called Emotionally Healthy Leaders by um, Peter Scazzaro, and it, it's an amazing book. If you are ever um, want to read, um, I would highly suggest it, and he just talks about leading from um, your inner life and how that can actually start to change your outer life, and he has this chapter on Sabbath and taking a Sabbath delight and what it means and what it looks like to actually take regular patterns and regular rhythms of rest. And I don't know what you, but when I hear the word Sabbath, there's a couple things that come to mind, right? Maybe you have a preconceived idea of what it means to have a Sabbath and take it. Maybe you think Sunday naps, anyone? 
that they equivalent that Sabbath is a Sunday nap, right? Or maybe you equivalent to uh, not being able to do certain things on a Sunday, right? And maybe for you, the thought of a Sabbath is that sounds so boring. You're like, I have to do nothing all day long. Because, you know, if we look at the average church and the average church goer nowadays, it's, I would say it's pretty rare to see somebody who takes a regular, very serious Sabbath. One day where they don't do anything and they rest in that time. And I think that we have a couple, like, preconceived ideas of what it means to take a Sabbath. And um, some people think maybe, you know, it doesn't fit out into my life. For other people, maybe they can take that rest. But for me, oh, I'm just, in this season, it doesn't really work out. Maybe you think, oh, well, that, that's for, that, that's in the Jewish culture. They, they, they will celebrate Sabbath, but you know what? We, we don't have to, we're not under the law anymore, right? And we have this, these, these things that we, we tell ourselves so that we don't have to take this rest. We don't have to take this break. But today, I, um, I want to talk a little bit about what the Bible says about Sabbath, and how God actually wants to use this principle of rest and this principle of, of these rhythms of rest to give us abundant life and to bless us through this. And so as we look through what a Sabbath is and how we can take that, we just want to see what God actually has to say about Sabbath. So before we do that, let's, let's pray and ask God to bless us. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we are here today and that we can meet together as a, um, as a family. We can meet together here as a body of, uh, of Christ. And God, I just thank you that uh, your presence is so evident here today in worship and um, within just the community that is here. And so, Lord, as you, um, as you prepare to speak today, as you have the things that you want to place on people's heart um, and the words you want spoken, God, I just pray that um, I would be able to be sensitive to that and I would be able to be um, your hands and your feet and your voice here today. God, we just give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So we'll start at the basics. What is a Sabbath? You guys, so you know, it's like a rest day every six days, right? So you work for six days, either at a paid work or unpaid work at home, and then you rest on the seventh day. But what you see is, biblically, we see the Sabbath is a commandment. If you're taking notes, number one, Sabbath is a commandment. We actually see that God is um, commanding the Israelites um, to keep the Sabbath when he's giving the Ten Commandments. And so you see in Exodus 31, verse 12, um, it should be up on the screen there. Then the Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for generations to come so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. So we see here that God is actually commanding a Sabbath. And some of us, we read that and we're like, we kind of get scared. We're like, is that legalism? Is that, is that all of these things? And, and we kind of get a little scared when we have that black and white, thou shall, thou shall not, right? And uh, we actually see that, that Jesus follows this, and he actually models this pattern of Sabbath. 
when Jesus is going through something and, you know, he needs to either um, decide where he's about to go or he's making a big decision and he's about to, to share something that's very significant, he actually takes time away in solitude. He takes time to rest and prepare himself to ready himself to do that. And I don't know about you, but if, if Jesus needs time to rest and prepare before he does anything, I think that I, I need to do that as well. Uh, yeah. And so Jesus actually models this commandment of Sabbath. And we see in Jewish culture, they, um, they take Sabbath very seriously. And they have a lot of reverence for um, this day. And so they have actually listed a bunch of other things that they can or can't do on the Sabbath. And so you see um, that they can't walk a certain a distance. They can't uh, carry certain things, turn things on or off. And you know what? That, those are very strict rules that um, you can see. But I think that what they, what they do have an understanding for is this reverence of the day. Reverence over the day. And... We need to, I think we need to take the Sabbath a little more seriously. I think that sometimes we think that it's just in like slower seasons that we can take this rest. But I think that we need to say that God is actually calling us this principle of regular rhythms of rest. And so the Sabbath is a commandment. But on the other side of that, the Sabbath is actually a gift. The Sabbath is a gift that God gives to us. And this rest so that we can have abundant life. And so we see in Deuteronomy 5.15, it says this, Remember when you were slaves in Egypt, then that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. And so the Israelites, they were in this season of slavery. They were in the season where for seven days a week, they were in doing hard labor, no rest at all. And so God as a gift, God as wanting to bless them, gives them the Sabbath, this commandment. But it's, it's a gift in the form of a commandment. Because you know what? He says to them, you've been working seven days a week for all this time. You know what you get? You get a rest you get to breathe. You get to have this a day that you can celebrate and enjoy God's presence and enjoy life. God wants to give us rest as a gift. And some of us, we, we see it more as a burden, don't we? When we think about a day of doing nothing, that doesn't excite us. That maybe makes us a little like anxious. It gets us a little worried. We see it more as a burden. We're like, oh, I have to rest. That is something that is so, so stressful. But we actually see that it is a blessing that God wants to give to us. And if it is a gift, you know, we, we can actually take joy in it. And so the Sabbath is a commandment. But it's also a gift. And a Sabbath is holy rest. What makes a Sabbath different from just another vacation day or a day off is, uh, is this idea of holy rest. It's separate from just taking the night off and just relaxing. 
And so there's four components I want to go through that kind of make up what it looks like to have holy rest. What is included in a Sabbath? We see them up on the screen there. Um, so we got stop, rest, delight, and draw near. And these are the four components that are actually included in this idea of holy rest and resting in God's presence on the Sabbath. And so let's get started in uh, and the first component of stop. This one is probably the hardest for our society. How many think that is true? Stopping. Because stopping is so countercultural. Like I said, we live in such a busy society that to actually slow down long enough to come to a stop is so uncomfortable for people. Because even, for you, even for, for you, even if you find physical rest, even if you're stopping physically, our minds are still going. We're thinking about all the things on our to-do list. We're thinking about, you know what, planning our next vacation. Because we are so programmed for productivity that we are actually uncomfortable with the idea of stopping. We are so programmed for productivity as a society that we're uncomfortable with this idea of just stopping. There's this fear that almost comes along with it. There's this fear of stopping, and uh, it's almost the idea that if we stop working, we stop giving 110%, that we will somehow not succeed. Or we will, we will somehow fail, or we're not doing enough, we're not um, being enough. If we are not giving 110%, anyone who says 110% clearly doesn't know how percentages work. But we can give 100%, but um, we, we're, we have this fear that's associated with stopping. I think there's also this fear because when we do stop, we stop running 100 like, miles a minute, that we actually can begin to hear those little internal voices that are telling us things like you're a failure or you're not good enough or that you know what you will you will never be good enough or that you're not doing enough when we actually stop we are confronted with those things we're confronted with those voices and that's uncomfortable so we distract and we run around and we race through and we keep busy because there's this fear of stopping. So when was the last time that you intentionally stopped? When's the last time that you slowed down long enough to stop? And maybe you were confronted with some of those voices. Maybe that's that there's this fear that's coming in. And if it's been, like you say, it's been like three weeks, four weeks, a couple months since you've been able to stop, what, what are you afraid of in stopping? What is, what is that fear that's coming in from stopping? I heard the story of two men, and the first man challenged the second man to an all-day wood chopping competition. He said, whoever at the end of the day can chop the most trees, the most wood, will be the winner. So the first man, he sets out, and he is working hard. He is chopping wood from the morning all the way to night and taking just a, a short break for lunch, and then just keeps going. Now the second man, he, he's a little more leisurely with it. He takes a longer lunch, 
And he takes a couple breaks in between. So the first man, he's like, I got this in the bag. But to his surprise and to his frustration, at the end of the day, the second man had chopped significantly more wood than the first. And so he looks over and he's, he's annoyed and he's frustrated and he asks, asks him, how is this possible? Every time I looked over at you, you were taking a rest. And the second man just calmly replied, what you didn't see is that every time I sat down to rest, I was sharpening my axe. Because when we actually take time to slow down long enough to stop, we're sharpening our axe. We are allowing ourselves to reflect and to process and be filled and re refreshed enough that when we actually go back to work, we're sharper, we're better, we're, we're, we're stronger. We're actually more Christ-like when we take that time to rest in God's presence. And so sometimes there's this fear of stopping because we think we're going to get behind. We think we have the mentality of that first man. We think we just got to go, 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 work, work, work. But what we actually need to know is that there is significance and there is a principle in rest that when we actually do, when we go back to work, we're going to be better and we're going to be sharper. And so I think God knows what he was talking about when he, when he calls us to rest regularly. Or we can see practically that there is this, uh, this principle that when we rest, we can actually go back to work better and stronger. So are you finding time to slow down long enough to sharpen your axe? Are you finding those regular times that you can be refreshed and renewed in that? We live in this fast-paced world, and in that, there may not naturally be a break. There may not be naturally a time to stop. I don't know about you, but in my life, there, there, there aren't many days where I can say I have nothing going on. Right? We live tight-packed lives. And so if we are going to stop, and we're going to slow down long enough to stop, we actually need to plan ahead. I think about a train conductor. They're driving these large trains going very fast, and so if they want to stop at a certain point, they actually have to plan that out far down the track. They have to set their brakes far before the moment that they want to stop. And so if you're living this fast-paced life and you're going and you think, okay, down the line, hey, you know what, I, I, I need, know I need to stop and I want to like a week from now, there's actually things that we can do to prepare so that we can actually stop down the line. And so practically looking at it, maybe that means that you're, you're doing a little bit extra during the week that you're um, running an extra errand or you're um, intentionally planning a day where you don't make appointments, you don't make commitments, that, that you can kind of um, carve out this time. And like I said, it doesn't happen just in one day. It actually takes time to prepare to stop. And so if we are looking to stop, what are you doing now to plan for that? How are you, you going to plan that out? So maybe in your mind, you're like, you know what? It's been a while since I've taken time to rest. Um, I know that God's commanded it. I know that it's a gift for me to do this. And so if there's a time next week or in the next two weeks that you can say, hey, you know what? That's a good day that I can, I can aim for that. And then plan for it. 
plan, plan leading up to that so that you can have this, this joy and this gift of rest on that day. And so holy rest, we see we stop. And the second part of it is, is rest. Because we know that doing nothing is not the same as resting. Doing nothing is not the same as resting. I've had so many days that I can say I did nothing productive, I did nothing at all, but I get to the end of it and I'm like, I'm more tired than when I started. Because doing nothing is not the same as resting. And it's because physical rest is good, but we also need to have that mental and emotional rest that comes with it. Because we can stop physically and still have all of those thoughts going through our mind. All of those worries and the busyness that's going on in our mind. And we need to learn how to actually find rest in all areas of our life. The Bible talks about this in Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. It says, don't be anxious or don't be worried about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so we actually need to learn how to give these thoughts, these anxious thoughts, these worries, these busy thoughts to God and be able to find rest in that. Finding rest in that. And for me personally, sometimes when I find that I, um, I need to have a season of rest, but my mind is constantly going, I do really practical things, like even like making lists so I know that it's written down somewhere. I'm not going to have to keep it up in my head, right? Or um, yeah, to-do lists, setting reminders, things that you, know, you can actually start to put it out of mind. You can, you can put it aside for a little bit and find rest in there. So what do you do that brings you rest? What do you do when you need to rest? Because we know that doing nothing is not the same as resting. We can actually do things like activities that will bring us rest. So for me, reading is a great way for me to rest, right? Napping, I'm a big advocate of naps. Anyone else? Yes? Yeah? And uh, napping, it's restful. Um, but it's not just those things that you're, like, physically idle. It's, it's things like painting and going for hikes and swimming. And what, what, what brings you rest? That when you do it, you actually are refreshed in it. So brainstorm right now. Think of some things. You know when you do that, you find rest. And we can actually include those in our Sabbath. We include that so we can find rest on those days. So we stop, we rest, and we delight. I think there's an aspect of play that comes in the Sabbath. And I don't think we talk about this very much, but there's this aspect of, of play, of finding delight in God's presence and in his creation. We can do, I was uh, talking with my brother-in-law, and he, uh, he's, he's not that much older, but he's from a different generation that he still had mandatory Sunday naps. And he uh, wasn't allowed to go to the mall on Sundays, and he wasn't allowed to go do pretty much anything that he wanted to do fun. Right? Anyone grew up with that Sundays that you couldn't do anything, you couldn't go anywhere? Yeah. 
And like, did you look forward to those times? No, right? It's not, it's not fun. But there's actually this element that we can have fun on our Sabbath and delight. And we actually see God modeling this. The Sabbath, the model of the Sabbath of six days of work and one day of rest, we see God modeling that when he created the world. You see, he created in six days. On the seventh day, he rested, but he said it was good. He actually delighted in his creation. He delighted in his work. And the very same thing that God delighted in, he's wanting to share that with us. That we can share in the delight of creation and um, the world around us. And we can, we can have that as an element of our Sabbath. And you know what? God created the world, but he also created us. And he delights in us. And he, and he delights when we, we do things that spark our passion and uh, we, we light up inside. He's actually put unique things in every single one of you that that you, you light up when you do that, right? So some of you are, are, are creatives. Look, Renee there, she's our creative person, and she, she lights up when she, can, when she can create and explore, and, and we have some people that, that love nature and, and hikes and, and all that, and that's how they connect with God. So what brings you to light? What is like, if you had like all the time in the world, what would you do? What are your, those passion projects that you would just love to do? Because those things, they actually, like, return us to the core of who we are. They return us and they just return that joy and that refreshing that comes. And so what brings you delight? What's something that you can do on your Sabbath that's just, you're going you're gonna to love it. It's going to bring a smile to your face. So maybe it's listening to music, playing music, eating with friends, um, dancing. I'm sure that's not on mine for the sake of everybody else. But all these things, crafting, creating, all of those things that can bring you delight on the Sabbath. So we stop, we rest, we delight, and lastly, we draw near. And this is one of the most significant ones because it's what separates it from just another day off or just a vacation day This idea of drawing near to God, spending an intentional time communing with him. The Bible calls the Sabbath holy. In the first verse we read there in Exodus, um, it actually says, Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. So it's holy. It is a set-apart day, set-apart day to spend in God's presence and to draw near to him. And the Sabbath actually sets us up to be in a place that we can draw near. When we're in this habit of, of taking these Sabbaths and these um, patterns of, of rest, it sets us up that we can draw near to God. Because when we take a Sabbath and we slow down, we can actually begin to hear God's voice clearer. Right? We can begin to hear his voice a little bit clearer. I remember I was in high school, and I was helping out with our church's VBS. Um, I had done some Bible story stuff before. I had done some small groups. But for the first time, the children's pastor asked me to run the sports section of our VBS. And so this was my very first time in charge of a large group of kids in a gym. And anyone who's worked with kids in a gym before knows that it can get hectic like that, right? It is 
crazy. And so my first day, I'm all excited. I'm energetic. I've got all the energy of a high school student, right? And I'm, I'm all prepared. And the kids, they open the door. They start running in. And they've got crazy energy. And I'm like, okay, I can use this. We're going to use this, right? I want to get all our energy. And it's going to be so fun. I'm going to be the best games leader these kids have ever seen. And so I don't want to be the one that has to tell them to sit down and be quiet and stop. So I just kind of, I huddle them all together, right? I get them close. And I start going. I start explaining the game that we're going to play, right? And I give them the rules and tell them how fun it's going to be. And all the while that I'm doing this, I don't think one kid was giving me eye contact. You know what? I had kids that were swinging around like this. I had kids that were like picking at their shoelaces, that were looking all over, running around. I did not have the attention of these kids. And so when I said it was time to go and play the game, absolute chaos was just thrown across the room because nobody knew what they were doing because no one stopped moving long enough so they could listen to the instructions. Because when we're moving and we're going so fast so we don't actually stop, we have a hard time hearing. We have a hard time listening. So I learned from that, luckily. And so I learned the next week, I had them come in, I had them sit down, we, we, we had them sit down in front, and they stopped long enough that they could hear the instructions. They could hear what we were actually gonna do. And so often in life, we are going at such a speed and we are running around so quickly that we aren't listening and that we aren't hearing. And if we just slowed down long enough, we would slowly be able to hear that voice, that still small voice of God being able to rise up. So Sabbaths, they actually position ourselves and they help us to be able to draw near to God and, and hear what he is wanting to say. So on your Sabbath, on your day of, of rest, what are you doing to intentionally hear from God? To draw near and, and, and know the heart of God. Not just do things for God, but, but know the, the heart and the character of who God is. For me, I always find reading scriptures an incredible way to, to refresh my spirit. I have times when if, uh, if, if I've missed a couple of days, I actually begin to, to crave it because there's this thing that happens when, when the word of God gets into your soul that it just refreshes and renews you. And so getting in scripture, drawing near to him, journaling is another way we can do. We draw near to God. So maybe you, you worship and you listen to worship music or you, you grab your guitar and you begin to play or you fast and pray, journaling, reflecting on what God has done. All these things that actually position ourselves to connect with God's heart in a way that we can't do in all the busyness of the week. God's giving us this gift of this day that we can actually do that and that we can actually be excited to do that. And so a lot of you are probably here today, and you're thinking, okay, that sounds lovely, but Pastor Megan, that's not very realistic for me right now. My, this season is just too crazy and too busy. I've got, you don't even know the things that are on my plate like that. You're right, I, I don't know everything that you do. And I, you know, I say, yes, you are very, very busy as a society, we are overworked and we are running so, so fast. 
but I actually think that's more reason to rest. We're such an overworked society, that's more reason to rest because there's actually consequences when we don't rest. We are not created to be going 110% all of the time. That's why God gives us this commandment and this gift to rest because he knows that's what's good for us. Because there's consequences when we don't. A lot of times we hear people who, who burn out. We hear people who, they have great intentions and they're doing all these things, but they can't sustain it for very long and you see that they, they burn out. They're actually physically exhausted and tired and maybe that's here, you here today and you feel like you're at that point that you feel on the verge of burnout. We just say that God, God promises rest. And he promises those things. But when we don't rest, we have this fear of burnout. I learned a little bit more about this principle, um, again, on my vacation. I was in charge of the fire because apparently everyone else was too city to, to start a fire. And so I was the nominated one, right? All my, all my siblings, they're all in Mississauga. They don't know what they're doing. So I... I, I don't know what I'm doing either. I made it up. Uh, but I was proud of myself. I was able to make three beautiful fires. But I learned a little bit something about fires. You know I learned that you actually, like, how you position the logs is so important, right? You, you can have, like, the teepee style. You can do the, what is the, the other one? You make, like, the link log cabin. There you go. These are experts here. And you did a log cabin. But what's important is you actually need to have the space in between the logs for the, for the oxygen to get through and the air to go, or else your fire is going to burn out. And so I learned really quickly that if I pile the logs too closely together and I try to put too much on the fire, the fire burned out because it didn't have the space. It didn't have that, that, that lack of in between the logs for the oxygen to come in. Logs, they're, they're great. They're great fuel. But when you pack them too close together, your fire is going to go out. There are some great things in your lives there are some things that, there's some amazing logs that are, they're doing amazing things, but when we pack them too tightly in our lives and we don't allow the space in between it, our fires are going to go out. Our fires are going to burn out when we pack them too tightly because we need that space to breathe in between. And so I don't know what you're trying to pack into your life. I don't know what those good things are that you, you're trying to, to, to fit in your life. But do you know that God says it's a principle, it's a commandment, it's a gift to allow time in between those things for rest, for, for God to breathe life and oxygen into us and what we're doing. And in order to do that, in order to move some logs around, we actually have to look at restructuring our lives. And this is when things get uncomfortable. Right? And this is where the practical of it comes in. We have to learn how to restructure. And that means saying some yes and saying some no's to some things, some really hard no's. And you're like, how do I do that? I, there, I feel like there's nothing that I can pull out of my life. When I, when I look at restructuring my life and, and choosing what I'm going to do, I, I like to think of things in terms of things that are life-giving and things that are life-draining. 
right? Everyone knows there's some activities that just bring you life and, and you like, are refreshed doing it. And there's some things that are just like draining the life out of you, right? Everyone had those? Like for me, doing the dishes, oh, life draining. Instantly, yeah, I got some support in the back. And so unfortunately, there are some non-debatables, non-negotiables in our life that we have to cook, we have to clean, right? We have to maybe see some family members we don't want to. We have to budget and do errands. Those are non-negotiables that we have to do if they're life-giving or life-draining. Those are your, that's things that you have to do. But the rest of our life, we actually can fill it with things that are life-giving. We can, we can fill the, the other areas of our life. We can fill those, those other logs. We can put those in place with things that are going to give us life. And so maybe for you, spending time with people that you love, um, family time, pursuing passions and, and dreams, connecting with nature, being part of a life-giving church, and, and being able to enjoy the, the joys that comes from um, being a part of a church that, that, um, that edifies each other and encourages. There's life that is able to come from, from being connected with a church. And so we can take a look at our lives and see how much of what I'm doing is life-draining, and how is that compared to the things that are life giving? And do I have balance here? What are some things that I can probably, I can figure to, to cut out or to reposition or, or to reprioritize? What are some things that are getting in the way of our rest? What are things that are getting in the way of have, having this, this pattern and rhythm for rest? So I found really quickly that um, if, if I don't find time to rest, God will find it for me. If I don't find time to rest, God will make sure that I rest. I remember um, a significantly busy portion of my life in Bible college. I was trying to do literally everything. And so I was on student leadership. I was trying to keep up like a 4.0 GPA. I was running the... Um, uh, like a conference that we did from the school that was like an open house slash conference. And I was doing all these things. And I remember there was probably like a three-week period where I did not stop and a three-day period where I did not sleep or eat regularly. And it was absolute chaos. And I remember coming to the end of it. The event had ended and all my work that I had to do for that point uh, was, was, was done. And I crashed hard. I slept for 15 hours straight. How many of you guys are actually kind of like wishing for that, praying for that right now? But it was like, it was like weird. I've never slept that long. And then I was like out, I like was sick for the next week after. Because I didn't find time to rest. God found me time to rest. And he was like, no, you got to sleep. No, you got to rest. And do you know how unhealthy that is? Do you know how crazy that sounds now? I was so proud of that moment back then, and now I look back at it, and I was like, wow, that's so unhealthy. So we don't find time to rest. God will find it for us. There's a, a common verse a lot of people quote, and it's on a lot of, uh, in the Christian bookstore, you see cute, like, kids' pictures with it, and it's Psalms 23, 2. You guys know it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. You guys, you read that, and you see the serene uh, scene of these, like, this little sheep, this little lamb by the nice little stream. 
gun. Maybe the shepherd's just petting it, right? It's just like so peaceful. But when I read this, when I say, he makes me lie down in green pastures, I'm picturing like this, like, like the shepherd like pushing it down, like making, I'm making you rest right now. I'm making you enjoy this stream because that's what God has to do to me sometimes. Sometimes I go in along so fast and he's like, I'm going to make you lie down in green pastures. I'm going to make you do this because it's good for you. Because this is what you need right now. I know you don't see it, but this is what you so desperately need. And so this, this, this image, I just kind of laugh because that's, that's what I imagine when I see this. But God's saying, hey, I'm going to make you lie down in green pastures because this is something that is a gift for you to rest. And so stop putting it off. Stop struggling. Stop fighting it. If you have kids in that place, you know when you're putting your kid down to sleep for a nap, you're like, this is good for you. You're going you're gonna to enjoy this. Please just don't fight it. But sometimes we fight the nap, don't we? We fight the sleep. And so God's saying, you know what? This rest, this is a commandment, but it's a gift. A gift that can give us life abundantly. We are working so, so hard. And God's just saying, hey, it's in my hands. Will you trust me enough to rest? Trust me enough that in that day, he will take care of the rest. And so I want to challenge you. If you do not have a regular pattern, a regular rhythm, or habit of Sabbath, of rest, I want to encourage you to try it. Just try it. I'm not saying, like, you, you, I'm not saying you got to, like, commit to, to, to all this, but it is, it, God does say it's a commandment, but I want you to, like, to try it out this week. Try it, what it's going to look like for you. And so even right now, brainstorm of what this day could look like for you. So that day that you're going to stop, what does it look like you, for you to find a day to stop and slow down? What day works best for you? You know, traditionally we've, we've done Sundays, but a Sabbath doesn't have to be then. So choose a day that you can do that. Stop. What does it look like for you to rest on that day? So what are some, what are some things and activities that bring you rest? It's reading or, or creating or, I don't know, maybe if, if doing the laundry brings you rest and that's what you enjoy doing, I don't know. I don't know. The, the Bible doesn't say anything about that. Um, and so finding what can you do to bring you rest? And what are you going to do that bring you delight on that day? What, what brings you joy and you can delight in that day? And how are you going to draw near? How are you going to keep that day holy and set apart to meet with God in that day? How are you going to use, you know, are you going to refresh yourself with God's presence in that place? So I want to challenge you to try it out. And you know what? It's not going to be perfect the first time. You may find yourself going back into thoughts of, like, work and all the things you have to do. But you know what? Just refocus in and, and try again. And you know what? Maybe you aren't able to get a full 24 hours time. But if you can get 12 or if you can get 5, you can get 2, that you can intentionally try to find holy rest and, and do those things. You say, I think that's better than nothing. And so God's calling us to rest. And are we going to do that? Are we going to step up and and do that this week. So that's my challenge for you this week. And I hope that, I hope that this is something that can bring you life. 
and it's going to be life-giving for you. You know, because it's a biblical principle that God says we can. So I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca.